Well, here's a dinner party that did not end the way those involved wanted it to. In fact, it ended so poorly, it ended up in court. Talking about a B.C. Supreme Court ruling, and it has to do with a dinner party that took place in downtown Vancouver a few years ago. And six friends sitting around having a good time until it came time to say goodbye. And when one of the people at the dinner party bent down to say goodbye to Bones the Dog, Well, Bones apparently took a bit of a bite out of this person's forehead. Again, this made its way to court, and it is the judgment in this case that we are talking about now, and we are talking about that with Rebecca Bretter, who is an animal law lawyer with Bretter Law Corporation. Rebecca, thanks for coming back on the show. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. It's uh, I've found it to be a very interesting one because so often when we talk about cases of a dog bite or an aggressive dog, we're talking about strangers, say, in a park setting or or something where, where things uh, have gone sideways and, and kind of out of the blue. Whereas this was people sitting around having dinner. They all knew each other. They knew the dog mm-hmm. Bones. Uh, but then uh, Bones, well, Bones took a bit of a bite. Yeah, and I read the decision last week when I came out. I was really looking forward to reading it. Uh, so I wasn't counsel on this case, and I wasn't there in court when, when all of the evidence played out. But so what, what I could tell what happened on, on the facts, uh, how they were described. First of all, like before I even get into that, I, I think we have to be very mindful with the type of language that we use. Attack versus bite versus reaction You know, it's not just because a dog bites does not automatically mean that the dog, quote unquote, attacked or meant something to be aggressive. And I think the decision in this case was totally the right one. The judge used and had a lot of common sense to get to the conclusion that she did. I'm actually really happy about this. Of course, I'm a little bit biased, too, but just trying to read it. as objectively as possible, the judge did a really good job at looking at the history and really looking at what happened in that moment. And even in the context of the previous nips, and I say that word nip intentionally as opposed to bite. And that's one of the things that I liked about this judgment too, is that the judge did make a difference between a nip and a bite. And that was in the context of how Bones, the the dog in question, did have a quote-unquote history in the past because he used to nip people uh, in the ankles. And But it wasn't really, those weren't attacks. And the way that I read the facts, though, those weren't attacks. You know, there's when you think of an attack, what do you think of? Like, you think of a dog that's running after some a person or a dog wanting to, to, to cause harm and keep going back to that person or animal. An attack is not necessarily when a dog reacts to something quickly. And a nip is not necessarily an attack either. There are lots of dogs, and maybe you've had some in your life or know people who have, they nip at people when they want them to run, like to play (laughs) or to get their attention. They're not biting out of any aggression. And so in this case, Bones apparently had a history of nipping people and their ankles. And the the dog guardians did the right thing because it's never, I mean, we don't want our dogs to bite or nip people, right? Because some people just don't enjoy that, understandably. They took the dog to training. They took the dog to regular vet checks. They uh, took the dog, I think, even to an animal behaviorist. 
And those professionals, none of those professionals ever thought that bones needed to be muzzled or was truly aggressive. But they did want to address the whole nipping thing, right? Because like I said, people don't necessarily enjoy being nipped at by dogs. They don't care what the reason is, right? Sure. So that's understandable. But there was one, there was another incident where, like involving bones where, and this is where it got a bit trickier in terms of the law, because he did bite one of the dog guardian's father. Mm -hmm. And so on the face of it, it's like, ooh, he has a history of biting people. So clearly they should have known he would bite again. But the judge, again, I think did a remarkable job at really not just taking things at face value, but looking into it deeper. And that particular, in that particular context, it wasn't clear whether Bones bit the father because he wanted to be you know, aggressive and because he, he really wanted to bite the father, or was it because he was trying to get at a cheesy toast? So someone was passing <laughs> a cheesy toast over Bones' head to the father. And in the process, Bones jumped up, and the dog guardian thought that he was actually trying to get to the cheesy toast. But the dad's arm got in the way, and he took a bite out of the dad's arm. But he wasn't attacking the, do- the, do- um, the dad. He did technically bite the arm. But was that really an attack to the point that that should have alerted the dog guardian that he's going to bite other people in the, in the future? And the judge asked herself that question. And the answer is no. Just because he had a tendency of nipping people's ankles in the past or even that he bit the dad's arm that one time, it doesn't necessarily show a propensity or a tendency of causing the type of harm that the dog ended up doing. The other thing I just wanted to add was that this wasn't really discussed in the case, but I picked it up as an important nuance just because of my experience in these cases. First of all, this was a dog who was rescued, three-legged dog. And more importantly, he seemed, it sounds like he had lasting um, injury to one of his remaining front paws and like he's to the point that he had to stop sometimes when he was walking when they when they were out for walks with him and I can't help but wonder that in the moment when the friend bent down and she went to say goodbye to the dog the way it was described in the case is that first of all the dog was totally fine all night no one had any concerns about the dog no one asked for the dog to be put away you know no one was scared of bones and the friend who knew bones on her way out bent down to say bye he went over onto his back because you know when dogs do that they want to belly rub often Mm -hmm. and she started petting his belly and in that moment and it was like a split second he jumped up and bit at her face and like you said, I think there was some damage to the forehead and I think to her cheek as well. And so he and he didn't, there was no evidence that he kept attacking her, like kept going back at her. And so I can't help but wonder if in the moment when she pet him to say bye, then maybe she touched a sore spot and that he reacted to like in a way of out that hurt and bit her. So we never, I'm not saying this because I'm saying it's okay for dogs to bite people. It's not. But we have to look at things with common sense and within context and to really ask ourselves, is this worthy of a situation to either have the dog put down or to attract liability where someone could be on the hook for tens of thousands or if not millions of dollars? And so the bottom line here in this case is that the judge found that these people were responsible. They, They knew that their dog had some issues with like nipping people. 
Um, they addressed it by bringing him to professionals. No one had a concern after that. No one had a concern with having to muzzle him even, and these are professionals. And they did everything that was reasonable of a dog guardian to do. And remember, the law does not expect perfection. The law expects that people act reasonably. And from what I could tell, the way everything was explained, the dog guardians in this case did not do anything unreasonable. Do you think, though, and I, I get everything you're saying and looking at, at the judgment, but going back to the the difference between nipping and biting, but the incidents mm-hmm. with the um, the cheese toasty, as it's referred to in the, in the judgment. <laughs> so passing a cheese toasty, uh, Bones yeah. then nipped her father in the forearm, when it, uh, in the forearm, and then between nip and bite, they said this incident was more of a bite because the tooth yeah. punctured the skin and drew some yeah. blood. Uh, if, if that's happened, do you as an owner, though, maybe not in the legal sense of this, but do you not, is it not a good idea to let dinner guests know, hey, by the way, if you're passing food around or you're eating, keep in mind, bones might try and go for that and, and you don't want your yeah. arm to get in the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. And if anything, I think people should do that. And, and if you have a dog, and it, whether it's a cheesy toast or like a ball, you know, some dogs are just go crazy over their stick or their ball, and they're great dogs, but if you try to take away their ball when they have it or their stick, you know, that's when they, they could have issues. But other than that, they're stellar, they're stellar companion animals. And I think it's only responsible of any of us who have dogs, if we know that our dogs can react in certain situations, to first of all, not put them in those situations, Secondly, if if there's a chance they will be, to let other people know so that we're all on the same page. But really, you know, it's one of the things that just drives me bonkers is when people assume that, oh, dog bit uh, needs to be put down. Instead of really thinking about the context and the reasons and is there a way that that we could address this. Is it concerning in this case, though, that when when we look at the cheesy toast, you can you can see anybody. I mean, I have a lab. You you take your 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 life into your hands when giving this dog a treat because he doesn't know where the hand stops and the arm starts. He just wants the treat. He's not aggressive. He's just a lab who for whatever day feels like he hasn't eaten in years and has to to get at that. And I warn people all the time when they give him treats, be careful. He, He doesn't doesn't know how to be gentle. But so yeah. different in a scenario when a dog, maybe your arm gets in the way or your hand gets in the way of a treat. But but is it different that this was when she was giving him a belly rub and, and there was no food involved when the, the, the bite to the face happened? Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, the reality is, is that we just don't know. But what we do know, at least the way it's described, is that it didn't sound like an attack. It was very instant. He, he didn't keep going after her everyone was, I mean, they were, they were shocked that it happened. And that tells me that there was a reason why he did that. And so really in law, what courts care about is what not only propensity, like a history of doing something like this, but was, was it, was a situation foreseeable? Was it something that someone could have predicted? And again, I think the judge did a great job in this case by analyzing, well, let's look at how that evening went. You know, the dog was fine. No one had any concerns. He was sleeping on the couch and then he was sleeping on the floor. You know, it would be different if throughout that evening he was showing some aggression to people. Right. And then the dog guardians had a few drinks. They're all like, oh, you know, whatever. Dogs will be dogs. Just let them be. No, that would be very different. But that's not what happened here. The dog was fine throughout the whole night. 
did he have some issues in the past? You know, that's arguable if you want to call them issues. But the point is, is that the dog guardians did what a good, responsible dog guardian would do, which is treat it and take him to professionals, follow their advice. And, you know, sometimes accidents happen and, and we have to accept that. And we cannot, but what we cannot accept is perfection. You know, we, we have, whether it's kids or dogs or other people involved, accidents will happen. And it's all a matter of trying to be the best people that we can in, in whatever context that is. And I think that's why, I, I think overall, this was the right decision, like hands down, like for sure, the right decision. Because so many of us have dogs nowadays that if this fact pattern would attract liability and if the judge found liability in this case, I think it would make a lot of people that much more nervous about doing the right thing. All right. Uh, Rebecca, always great to have you on the show to go over and uh, break down these cases for us. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jill. Have a good day.